Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Well, there we go. Welcome in, guys. It is building the or Broncos for Breakfast, not Colts for... Building the breakfast with the Broncos. Yeah, there we go. Uh, who knows what day it is. Uh, welcome in. April 7th, 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time, and we're here to talk a little bit of Broncos, talk a little bit of the defensive side of the ball today. So uh, let's get things rolling. Scott, how are you doing? Good morning to you. I'm fired up this morning, Nick, and you know what? I haven't even poured yet. Look at this Uh-oh. thing. That thing is full. I might combust by the end of this episode. Well, don't do anything unnatural. Uh, just be uh, be careful out there. Um If you need to use a little restroom break, it's all good. You know, I can carry the load for a bit. It's all good. Uh Ethan, coming in. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Good morning to you, or good afternoon across the pond there. Luke Wright in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Broncos Super Bowl 47 champions, baby. Thank you. Are we at 57? I think we're at 57. Yeah, I was going to say, Broncos won Super Bowl 50 with Peyton, didn't they? Because they won 32, 33, and then I think Super Bowl 50. They used, you know, the Roman numerals always throw me off. It was easy with the V. Yeah. The V. No, I think it's 57. So just a little uh, slip of the finger there. That's easy. Four is next to five. It happens. Uh, EJ in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Let's ride. Sean Burns in the house. Good morning. Dave Glassman with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. We got Bryce in the house saying good morning, Broncos country. Brian Dunn. Good morning, Nick and Scott and everyone. Jeremy Sean is in the house. Jeremy, hey, hey, good morning. Jeremy, I thought of yesterday. I saw on Twitter they were posting. uh, There was a tweet that was give us your most cancelable, cancelable movie takes. And I'm like, Jeremy and Scott would just cancel me over all the movies I haven't seen. I'm sure. Like, I've, I've never seen, like, The Goonies or I've never seen yeah, not worth I mean, it. That's okay, though. I mean, see, okay. for me, those are those are 80s movies. You, they weren't even out when you were born. Yeah. That's like me saying, okay, you haven't seen The Deer Hunter or, I've you know, the, the stuff from, you know, from the early 70s or late 60s. You know, I, I haven't seen all of the, a lot of those movies. So I'm okay with that. What I would okay. say is you need to see The Goonies. That's yeah. a movie you need to see. You need to see the coming of age movies from the, from the 80s. You know, the Breakfast Club, the 16 Seen Channels, it. those type of things. Yeah. The good old fashioned uh, action movies that we had that rocked the 80s. You know, Speed. Die Hard, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, uh, the Lethal Weapon guys, you know, all yeah. of them. I mean, our, our action movies were legit in the 80s. Commando. Yeah, I remember a bunch of those good ones. Uh, another cancelable movie take for me. Never seen The Godfather. Probably should get on that at some point. Have seen Goodfellas, but never seen The Godfather. So. Cancel me. Sorry, don't not everybody run away. Arthur coming in. I didn't really like the Goodfellas that much on the first take. My I was an Untouchables guy, and I kind of mm. set that bar because I love the Untouchables. So, like anything that didn't live up to that, I was like, eh. And the good the Goodfellas kind of grows on you. Like that that one, I like that one better with time. The Godfather's the Godfather. I mean, it's, it's Godfather for a reason. Yeah. No, I've uh, have not seen it yet, but. Uh... I played the music before, but <laughs> nothing. I haven't seen it. Um, let's go in. Arthur in the house. Good to see you. We also got uh, Clayton in the house. Morning, guys. Eth, or, uh, yeah, Ethan's concerned for your safety. That's a lot of coffee there, Scott. It's all good. And welcome in. Yeah, guys, smash the like button on the way in and share. We got Tanya or 
Toyin. Toyin coming in here. Uh, excuse yeah, me. These pictures are literally thumbnails. I got in trouble last week, but they're called thumbnails. And I've got a, I don't know, like a 32-inch screen. And the pictures are l exactly the same size as my thumbnail. So that sometimes they're a little hard to see. It's about half the size of a dime. So if that gives you an idea of the size, at least on my screen. So good morning, Toyin. Good to see you. Let's ride. Hope you're doing well. And we got Tom coming in, breaking in uh, the super chats, saying uh, best podcast anywhere. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, Todd just gave me a follow on Twitter recently. So shout out to Tom and uh, good to see you. Um, also, speaking of joining us here, Mark Schrader. Good morning. Good morning Mark's to you. Mark's buying the coffee this morning. Thank you, Thank sir. Thank you so much. EJ giving me a hard time saying Goonies is a classic, Nick. And then my wife loves the Goonies. I think it's all right. I'll send you a must watch list. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then Jeremy, I'll say the importance of the Godfather that probably trumps the film by a bit. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's, it's one of those that, you know, it's, it's a great one and two or they're great films. Uh, but it's, it'll be just go with an open mind, like just pretend mm -hmm. you don't know anything about it and just enjoy it for what it is instead of, Oh my God, it's this movie. Like, you know, you go to like best movies of all time and citizen Kane is like always up there. Man, I, I've tried 25 times to watch Citizen Kane and I get through about I'll turn it on at night and I'll get through about five or six minutes of it now I'm like all right I'm done let me try yeah. another five or six minutes tomorrow so it's it, it can be tough yeah I've never seen that one never seen uh Casablanca another one just I've seen that I went through a movies like a, a AFI top 100 list when Netflix was when I was doing DVDs on Netflix and, and hit a bunch of those um I have to see a movie more than once to really remember it though, to be honest with you. Mm. So um, I don't remember it. I don't remember Casablanca that well. I remember the premise. Anyway, let's, uh, which let's, Bronco player? We is can most talk like movies Casablanca. another time. <laughs> let's do it. The cheesy off season articles that uh, Trevor Sandal coming in saying morning fellas in Broncos country. Why it's in the house. Go Hawkeyes. Why let's go. Good morning. Gents. See Beaston's in the house. Morning fellas. And Tom coming back in saying, can't be here for the whole pod. Big interview today. All right, Tom. Good vibes. Good Sending them your way it's right now from <laughs> this is a vibes channel. No, we're sending you good vibes. Um, biggest weakness I see is defensive end. I don't want to see a gym starting. I would be looking early in the draft. Well, Tom, we will uh, get to that here in a second. Scarface have seen Scarface have seen good fellas. So we're getting at it. Greg Smith. Good morning. Broncos for breakfast. Good morning to you, Greg and Chris Hernandez too. Um, thank you. Buy morning another coffee and Greg Smith coming in as well. So thanks guys for this, for the stars this morning. Appreciate you. We'll get to some Broncos content, I promise. I could I'm not even caffeinated yet. And we're already like Ugh. neck deep in movie movie stuff. <clears throat> I know kids' movies. Um yeah. I know kids' movies better than 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 any movies of, like the last 15 years. Yeah, it's uh I don't really watch that many movies anymore. I watch mostly the streaming shows because I feel like most of the money, uh, besides the the huge Marvel movies, is going to those 10 episode tv shows that are i think a little bit more interesting storyline wise um but you know that's just me jeremy coming also ones, I, I love i wish they had done more i mean it's kind of nice when they leave you wanting more like daredevil um you know on netflix i like Darede jessica jones nick cage i actually like the second season it's hard to do a storyline around superman you mm -hmm. know because he's invulnerable so it's mm -hmm. it's harder the more human the character the more interesting the stories yep. and then uh the Punisher. God, I loved The Punisher. Uh, awesome. We kind of said the, the second season of The Punisher was the best Jack Reacher adaptation that there was ever, ever was. And if you don't know Jack Reacher, there more people know who Reacher is now, but they've got about 40 or 50 books uh, just in the Amazon series. All right, let, let's get to it. I'm sorry. Jeremy also said he went to film school. That makes sense. 
Um, talked a little bit about Citizen Kane and Casablanca. Uh, Phil coming in, saying hello from Westminster. Um, and Trevor saying also Nick and Scott, when do they when they do the meet and greet this year? Do you guys plan on attending? I would like to be there as long as it doesn't fall on a one of his fifteen weddings. God, that's exactly what I was going to say. Or an, or one of the weekends that I have a uh, backpacking um, permits already. So uh, those are hard to come by for some of the places. So who knows? I mean, it will depend on a bunch of factors, but we need to see what the schedule is first. Get get stuff on our schedules, and let's get into it here, guys. Um, if we're going to be grading. Answer. Yeah, we're going to be. What was that? You didn't let me answer. Okay, well, go ahead. Are you going to be there? Maybe. I'm planning okay. to. Um, cool. it, we'll have to see what it is. But right now, if you say, yes, I want to be there. And if it's within within my power, um, based on kids' schedules, et cetera, et cetera, I, I want to be there this year for sure. I, I have a blast. Had a had a blast over the last year getting to know all of you and would love to meet a bunch of you in person. Yeah, and my sister is moving to Denver in a couple months. So I need to get out there and meet. She's doing a post-medical school uh internship out there so yeah no hopefully we'll be out there um so let's get into it we're going to be grading the defensive side of the ball today the positions based on the pre-draft uh roster depth chart whatever you want to call it and uh, scott do you want to start back to front or front to back start in the trenches <clears throat> let's move close to the ball and move our way out so let's start with the let's lump it together interior defensive line i think that's the way to go first right before we get to the uh Edge rushers. And first, let's get to Kevin here. Um, <laughs> no kissing bleep or anything, but for the last year, you guys have killed the debate shows for me that really don't know much about sports and its narratives. Prefer this type of info anyway. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. That means a heck of a lot. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. I just try to consume as much information as I can and listen to a bunch of smart people and read, uh, watch coaching clinics, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, there's a lot of I don't want to say it. There's a lot of instant, you know, reactionary podcast and information out there. That's more about the, you know, the, the Stephen A. Smith, so the, the skip Baylesses, where it's, you know, it's meant to be inflammatory. And I have an opinion where I'd much prefer to, you know, why things work this way, the higher echelon, you know, maybe it's the scientist in me, but like, okay, why, why is the tight end position maybe less valuable with Russell Wilson than the general offense? Why is the nose tackle value coming back? Why are teams using two high safeties versus the Chiefs? And what does that mean for the Tyree kill trade and getting a Juju Smith-Schuster and a Martez Valdez, Martez Valdez Scantling? You know, those kind of questions where they're, I, I don't, they're not above you guys, but most people aren't talking at that level um, when they're talking scheme and player and talent and whatnot. So that's what we're aiming for, that Goldilocks zone. And hopefully some of you guys think we are reaching that sometimes and we appreciate the shout out and the support. Well, Kevin. including me, I don't, I don't talk at that level. Honestly, I don't get into the schemes nearly as deep as Nick does. I get into the players. I love, love the players. I, I just feel like the debate shows are dishonest. They're intellectually mm -hmm. dishonest. They're inflammatory for the sake of being inflammatory and they're dishonest and therefore hypocritical. And y'all heard me say before, I don't mind an asshole. I can't stand a hypocrite mm -hmm. other way around. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, they're dishonest to me. And that's that's all we're going for here. Listen, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to tell you what I'm right. Tell you what I think. And we'll see how it plays out. Um, so we have a lot of fun doing it, Kevin. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. Tony, come in. Good morning, Broncos country from Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Saw you yesterday, Tony, but didn't give you a shout out. So I wanted to do it now. Um, hope you're doing well. And we also got Travis Weber coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos stars. country. Thank you, Travis. Big stars. Thank you so much. Yes, this is football and Broncos, but just wanted to say happy opening day for baseball. Go Braves. I am 
we're in my team here. So uh, we'll see. I'm a, my family is from originally from North Central Missouri near Moberly, Missouri. If anybody knows what that is, and uh, big Cardinal fan used to go to is, Nick. nobody. They have man. There's probably some Central Missouri folks in here, um, but Central Missouri folks don't know what that is, Nick. No, they do. They Moberly's a decent <laughs> size, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I had a family there and luckily grew up a St. Louis Cardinal fan rather than a my despised team. Absolutely despise the Chicago Cubs. I hate the Cubs more than any team for sure. Um, so yeah, opening day. The Mariners got canceled though; they're postponed because of the weather in an open air stadium in Minnesota. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought a Minnesota game would be canceled? Robert Smith coming in. Good morning, gentlemen from Tucson. Greatly appreciate your knowledge and your insight. You both complement each other very well. Keep up the great job. We well, insult each other pretty well too. Yeah, but that's uh, Scott and I sometimes are just chomping at the bit. We say something. It's like if I don't say this right now, I'm gonna forget it, and it's a good point. So like I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and then blah. And so as soon as we can. So no, thank you so much, Robert. Uh, let's get into it. We got to go angels in here too. There we go. That's a team. I don't see many angel fans. So I want to hash out that out. Uh, the, the Broncos interior defensive line. I'm pulling up the hour lads depth chart right now, just to kind of run through it. So the Broncos starters right now in the interior defensive line, and this is more of a, a three, four base, which you guys have heard me, you know, that's archaic antiquated. You're not going to see much three, four base, but I digress. Uh, defensive end and defensive end starting Draymond Jones, probably one of the most underrated players on the Broncos. DJ Jones brought in, listed at nose tackle here on our lads. Deshaun Williams listed as a starter, um, opposite of Draymond Jones. Then your backups, you have Jonathan Harris, Mike Purcell, McTelvin Najim, and then further down, uh, seventh round pick from the Broncos last year, Marquis Spencer, who spent the year as a, what is it, a practice squad player. So uh, Broncos interior defensive line. Overall, I'm going to give this group a, a C plus. Maybe, ah. I'll give him a B minus. I think Draymond Jones is extremely underrated. Um, he, the Broncos last year, because of how they played, uh, the Draymond Jones didn't have many opportunities to get one-on-ones. Not many third and longs couldn't pin his ears back. And I'm really excited to see DJ Jones. Ah, but the depth is so poor. I'm going to go back to C plus. I've ca- talked myself out of it. C plus. <laughs> um, when you are starting Desha- uh, Deshaun Williams slash McTelvin Ajim as one of your legitimate starters, that's not a very good grouping. So uh, I'm, Hopefully this is year three for McTelvin Najim. I thought he looked good as a pass rusher in spurts last season, but he's not going to see the field until he can be better against the run because right now the guy that the Broncos have set up to get one-on-ones on the interior defensive line is Draymond Jones. And as for as good as McTelvin Najim looked in limited sample size getting after passer last year, he's not better than Draymond Jones. So it's kind of like Mike Boone last year. We didn't see Mike Boone. Well, the guys above him didn't get injured. That play his role. We would have seen McTelvin Najim last year if Draymond got hurt, but he didn't, so we didn't see him. Are you still a little light with DJ Jones if you go if you go base three four against the run? You are a little light with DJ Jones there. I'm not as worried about that. The bigger thing for me, I'm fine with him at DJ uh, at uh, nose doing gap and a half technique or two gapping, but you need a gap and a half five technique then uh, to complement him. That's <clears throat> it's the type of player that you need next to him um, with some length mass rather than your like. I don't want to play Draymond Jones, DJ Jones, and Grady Jarrett. I would take Grady Jarrett, but like that, that type of, you know, more of the penetrating three technique. I need somebody with some length and mass to better eat up blocks, to free up DJ Jones, to not worry as much about, or to free up Draymond Jones, to not worry about the length of DJ Jones. And, um, this get is going to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Draymond. I think we're just going to have to throw out the Joneses, DJ and Draymond. Uh, once they get Travis Jones, we're going to be cooking with grease. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're going to have to, we're going to have to forget the Joneses. Um, I, I like your B on this. Um, I think Draymond is in for a, a, better season 
this year. Uh, I think the edge will help him, if nothing else. I think you've got an upgrade next to him as well. Mike Parcell has been moved to a second-team spot, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Deshaun Williams. I'm a big fan of Deshaun Williams, but I like Deshaun Williams as the fourth guy in, not necessarily the first guy in. So I, I think you're still looking for a guy in this spot. You're looking for you know, the, a Perrion Winfrey type, a Devontae Wyatt type in the draft, a big... 290 pound defensive quick defensive tackle type that can play in in this spot you're still that's still it's it's an underrated need for when we talk about edge corner right tackle that other dl spot is it's an underrated need um and i i kind of had um dj in that spot honestly with um and then purcell still starting at nose but we'll uh we'll see how it ends up shaking out the world cup draw um, I didn't look at it that closely. I just know that England and the U.S. are in the same, the same uh, foursome, and that game's played Friday after Thanksgiving when everybody should be off, and that should be a hell of a watch. That should be a lot of uh, a lot of players. I mean, a lot of people watching that game in the U.S. and the young U.S. team. This is probably a cycle too early for them. But this group can make some noise in the World Cup. They're good. They're legit. We're not talking about D.C. United and Portland Timbers out there playing in the World Cup anymore. We're no offense to them, but they're not going to. We're talking about Barcelona guys and Juventus guys and Chelsea guys. Uh, you know, pl- playing. It's the difference between playing Division One, BCS, and you know, Power Five, and you know, playing in the SEC versus playing in the Big Sky is what we're talking about here. Greg Smith, the diehard Dodgers fan as well. Looks like a good team this year. We'll see how they look out. But uh, I think happy birthday. Is that what's going on here? I tried to send my birthday stars la- on MHH last night, but Facebook wouldn't accept my Monopoly money. So, uh, well, it's happy- a thought that counts, right, Greg? Absolutely. And happy bladed birthday, I think, is what's going on here. Also, Lorenzo Vera coming in. Sup, guys? Good to see you. Bama X, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy, Germany has declared war on the Joneses, boys. Got to go watch Last Crusade, Nick, if you haven't. Um, that's the, uh, I've absolutely seen the last crusade with, uh, Sean Connery and, uh, with Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that one when he gets the umbrella and drawing a blank on this. Yeah. That one was good. Um, that's the best one one. they did with that fast talking guy from transformers was an abomination. The alien one. Yeah. That, that That I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. Awful. Just awful. I want to make sure we said hi to his chance. Pretty sure we did. Uh, the stars on here coming and good morning. I recognize that I recognize this profile pick because he's got just a world class stash. I know. Couldn't man. do that if I tried. Uh, I attended Lakes High School in Lakewood, Washington. Loved growing up in that area, Nick. Well, that is a I've been in and around that area. Nick would know it much better than I. I than think me. that's just south of Tacoma. Um, but I got to be honest, man. I love this area. It's supposed to be nice today. It's supposed to get up to 70. I cannot wait to get outside. Um, Lawrence Rivera saying happy birthday, buddy. I get uh, Facebook stars. Um, that was a headache. Oh, and also Greg does confirm it was his birthday. So shout out to happy you. Um, I want to get to this one here because you kind of touched on it too, but Kiyokolo coming in here uh, saying, can DJ Jones play as the three, four defensive end and have a healthy Mike Purcell play nose? I thought that was possibly going to be the case until Mike, until a DJ Jones's press conference where Ijiro Evero came out and said, yeah, we love him at the nose. We love him at zero and one technique and lining up over center and guards. And I was like, well, they didn't mention him lining up at five technique or over tackles or anything once he, they, specifically... they want to get faster. Yeah. They, they want to get, they want to get, they want to get faster. If they're moving him inside, <clears throat> he's really quick off the ball. 
Yeah. Um, then they're not necessarily worried about. Um, it also tells me they need another DL. They need yeah. another defensive end. I don't want to go into the season with McTelvin Ajim as my number one. I don't. Yeah. I like Deshaun Williams again, but I'd like him to be 40% of the snaps, not 80% of the snaps. If that, yeah, if that. He's small, <clears throat> and you're trying to probably play gap and a half, uh, bigger bigger defensive linemen so you can play less guys in the box. The What it tells me um, when we're talking about it is, I think, and I hope I'm right on this one, the three, four base packages are going to be not going the way of the dodo, but going the way of 22 personnel. You know, you're you're not the, the wishbone offense. Uh, teams right now are playing 11 personnel at a crazy high rate, and NFL teams are trying to play too high to take away. They're playing more top-down um, defensive schemes to take away the explosive passes. They'll give you six yards all day, and some people don't like that, um, but this is the Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley influence, and guess what? It works. It's uh, it's working. So how are teams counteracting that? Uh, you're a lot of defenses not counteracting, but a lot of defenses are living in nickel. You know, they're like, oh, you want to play two tight ends? I don't care. We'll give you the tight end advantage uh, and we'll want you to run the football unless you're killing us that way. So long story short, I think the three or four base, you're going to see it not that often. So yes, would you like to have a better five technique, three, four defensive end option than a Deshaun Williams, than a McTelvin regime? Probably, yes. But I think you're going to see much more four-man fronts where it's DJ as the nose, and Draymond as the under uh, tackle with a four two five four one six type of defense being the main look. Travis sent them to stars Greg's way and the silent one coming in with the support as always. Mm-hmm. He's such a mystery. I'm so intrigued. He never says anything. He's gonna see one day. He's gonna drop some influence in here. Or something that's just gonna be like we're gonna transcend. We're gonna Ooh, leave our body. Change, <laughs> change our change our lives. Uh, real quick from Ethan says, Scott, you're the man wearing Chelsea after last night's debacle. Uh, Luke, I hope you enjoyed that match. You said you were going to watch it on CBS. It was a hell of a match. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but it was entertaining as hell. Um, my son's a goalie, and he would have been benched if he made the mistake that Edward Mendy did to open the second half. Uh, entertaining game. They got rid of the away goals rules, so just down to not impossible, but the way they're playing right now, it's possible. But yeah. you're not a fan during the hard when the, when the things are the worst. You're going to see me in my stuff the most. If you're not a fan during the hard times, you're not a fan. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we also got Tom coming back in saying, "Who do you guys like at 64 for that defensive end spot in the draft?" Also, have you guys seen Interstellar? Crazy movie, <laughs> Bleed Orange and Blue. Yeah, I saw Interstellar. Felt like I was that movie was the equivalent of doing drugs. It felt like it was just what the (laughs) heck is happening. Talking about time and space and the influence of gravity and insane. Um, Also Matthew McConaughey is just a drug trip in general. I think, you know, time is a flat circle. He's, he's a dude, man. He's, he's funny. Um, Have seen interstellar though. That's a good movie. Uh, 64 defensive end. Scott, who do you think here? I got, I got some names here. So we're talking the five technique spot. The positions are getting so confusing, um, but it's the it's where Shelby Harris played, I guess, the vacated spot that Shelby Harris played. If you look at something like NFL mock draft database, um, the guy at 48 is Travis Jones. That's a nose guard. I think he can play five technique. Um, he his athletic profile matches to an Akeem Hicks. It matches to a Chris Jones. Oh, um, I think he could. Guy, I forgot that. I can't remember his name. The kid was from um, Hawaii or the, uh, the Polynesian kid. He was 350 pounds playing end in a three four for Alabama. Um, Mm. I saw him at the world games for the first time. So yes, you can do a lot of things, but for me, the guy that probably fits the best, Nick, isn't a big fan, 
But at 64, it's worth the risk is Perion Winfrey. Uh, Perion Winfrey is versatile enough to slide inside or outside, depending on where you want to be. He's quick enough with the length. I think he's got a seven foot wingspan he's got um, that he can go in and play that end in a three, four very, very well. Um, after that, there's quite the drop off. Uh, you start getting down to the Zachary Carters of the world, uh, who I do like, um, but you know, not that high. And then again, uh, going down the list, I like Otito Ogbania a lot, but he's more of an inside guy and you can probably get him in the fourth or fifth. So, you know, I, for me, I'm looking at a guy like Perry on Winfrey possibly in this spot. Yeah. And let's be real. I don't dislike Perry on Winfrey. I'm a little bit spooked by the anonymous scout quotes that Bob McGinn got saying that he's the most guaranteed to bust in this draft and doesn't have it mentally or in his heart, which was and he's a guaranteed Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> well, um, he's also a little high cut and uh, who knows? Um, again, I don't have the league sources or the infrastructure in place to have a full on investigation into this person's background like these teams do. So they're going to have a better idea than I will, but that spooked me a bit. Um, I like Winfrey a little bit better in a more of an attacking slashing scheme, but I'm hoping that the Broncos will use a lot of twists and stunts um, on their defensive line. And he would be great with twists and stunts. I love the length as well. St- a little high cut, but that's okay. I think we're going to be a little bit more attacking with our front this season. Um, I think that DeMarvin Leal, there's a conversation there. Uh, he's been dropping a lot in the drafts. You know, a lot of people thought he was top 10 this year. His tape was not, or coming into this year, his tape was not top, top 10. He's, could be there at 64, but another guy with some um, maturity questions that goes all the way back to when he was a recruit as well. So keep a name on him. Um, but he's a six, four, two eighty three. They played that three, three, five stack. I think he'd be pretty good there. He he's fluid. He's not super, not a lot of speed to power on his reps, which kind of scared me. I'm looking for like a Hulk, a guy who like a force player that can push defense offensive linemen back. So he kind of concerns me a bit, but he's another name to keep an eye on. I do think Travis Jones could play that role. Some Um, you take him if you can and figure out where he can go. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If he's around at 64, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And the other guy that I want to give a shout out to that, um, he could be there at 64 that I see as a good five technique, three technique option listed as an edge and a lot of spots, but length, um, tall, but plays lower. So I'm not as worried about him on the interior offensive line as Logan Hall. I think he would be a really good uh, five technique and you can do a lot of twists and stunts for him. Again, I talked to her. This is me talking out of both sides of my mouth. I talked earlier. I'd rather have a stronger gap and a half type of uh, three, four defensive end. You know, the Akeem Hickses of the world, the Cameron Haywards of the world uh, for the defensive end opposite Draymond Jones, but Logan Hall can get after it. Um, he's a really good pass rusher. I think he wants to play three technique in the NFL. Those types of bodies are going the way of the Dodo uh, right now for that position. But you can use some twist gap stunts and uh, because of how tenacious he is with this motor, constantly fighting to reposition his hands, get lower. I'm not super worried about him getting blown up at the point of attack and getting uh, knocked back. So Logan Hall, another name that you want to talk about. And Duke Rose just comes in. How do you feel about Logan Hall? I like Logan Hall. Scott said he wasn't super impressive at the senior bowl, but his tape at Houston was awesome. What was that? Small sample size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I really like him. Um, I think he's a very good player. And uh, last year, I remember watching Peyton Turner, and uh, it was funny watching Houston two years ago because uh, they had Peyton Turner and Logan Hall with almost the exact same body types, and it made it really hard to watch the games and try to parse out uh, who the talented players were. I look at Logan Hall and say, why didn't somebody make him an offensive tackle? Yeah. You know, 6'6", 290, 4'8", or a 4'9", speed, 30-inch vert, seven two five three cone four 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 twenty 20-yard shuttle. That may be why I ended up at Houston. He didn't want to be an offensive tackle. I'm gonna, I want to mm-hmm. play defensive line, and I'm going to make the NFL to do it. Good for him. He has every right to do so. 
Um, the arm Golly, length. That's, that's the reason. Offensive tackle. To me. <laughs> it's it's the arm length. Play defensive line, and it's meh. Um, but those that body type and those that skill set translates awfully well to uh, to left tackle. Yeah. No, he has a sub 33 inch arm length, which maybe is the reason he didn't get there. Um, but uh, I really like. They're not measuring that coming out of. They're not doing that coming out of high school. They're not. They, no, they should be. <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. They're saying, can you play or not? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. So defensive line, we gave it interior defensive line. We gave it a C plus. We are concerned about that defensive end spot opposite of Draymond Jones. And uh, the other thing that makes this interesting is that how copy and paste is what Ejiro Evero is going to do last season with the Rams uh, to this season with the Broncos. The Rams played a lot, a lot of five, one, five defense last year where they would play uh, Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald and Sean Robinson with your two edge rushers, Leonard Floyd and Von Miller. And then only one linebacker. You guys, we talk a linebacker on here and you guys think I devalued the linebacker position. You should see what the Rams are doing defensively. They, they think the linebacker is the enemy of the state. Um, I mean, trading Kenny young mid season to make that room weaker. And then, uh, not he's still out there too, but uh, really my, the Rams hated the linebacker position, get him off the field. So if the Broncos are going to run a five, one, five type of look or a three, three, five, I hate saying a three, three, five, cause that makes it sound like it's a three, three, five stack. I think it's more of the guys, it's the levels of the defense, five guys in the defensive line, one linebacker, five defensive backs. Um, it's called a nickel. Yeah. A nickel look, but I mean, a four, two, five is a nickel as well as a five, one, five. So four, two, five is typically a nickel, but it's, it's, yeah. it's a nickel of sorts. It's called a nickel. It's five backs. Yeah. So the the, uh, the five guys on the defensive line, if that's part of the main package for your nickel looks this season, then I really don't know what you're doing up front with that other spot. I, it, this is year three for McTelvin Ajim, and he was a late third round pick. That's typically the, you know, bleep or get off the pot type of season for those type of picks. So hopefully this is a good year for him. Even if McTelvin Ajim just becomes a rotate, uh, ends up just being a rotational defensive lineman at pick 95, that's not the worst investment in the world, especially if we can get after the passer but you are looking for a specific skill set there at that other spot. So will be interesting. Definitely a position of need on this defense. I'm really curious to see how they attack it. And I'm really curious to see what they do with, uh, with the likes of DJ Jones. Also worth shouting out here, Tremont Jones contract season. He's a very good player, underrated. One of the top 10 in pressure rates for interior defensive line last year, despite being third and short constantly, despite the issues at the edge rush for the Broncos. So, uh, Maybe you need to draft a guy to start thinking about replacing him because he's going to get a good contract and you also have to pay Russell Wilson. So just uh, start need to start thinking about that stuff too. Kyokolo comes in says Winfrey at defensive end or Mafe <clears throat> as an edge at 64 Mafe. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have Boye Mafe. I think he's a, a better prospect uh, that comes into uh best available player scenario for me. Uh, Mafe is, I think he's a, a, a better prospect. I like Winfrey a lot, though, to be honest with you. I think they should be somewhere in that same neighborhood of uh, of 30s or so. Um, Mark Schrader coming with the stars. Anyone left in free agency that would fit that, uh, that makes sense at defensive end? I got three names for you um, at that spot that makes some sense. And this is also a position where there's going to be camp cuts um, coming up post-June 1st cuts as well. So you might be able to get somebody that is, you know, a very specific skill set that's not a crazy player but can get – does one job or two jobs really well that can fit your defense. Um, that's what the Rams have been doing for years on defense in the back end. And it's worked out pretty well for them. Granted, they have a Jalen Ramsey and an Aaron Donald. I digress. I didn't um, give Mark uh, enough credit for just some stars, big stars, Mark. Big stars. So again, thank you for your continuing support of the show. 
Hope your drive so went much. well yesterday. Um, we kept you entertained for a, a spell, and we're glad you're with us again today. As always, thank you for, for the support. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, three names stick out to me on the interior defensive line that fit with the Broncos. If you're looking for that five technique, four eye, four whatever technique they're lined up in, um, you have Clayus Campbell, a uh, veteran. Obviously, he's kind of got a little bit inside-outside ability. Uh, he's a veteran. He's older. This will be his fourth contract maybe in the league, third contract. So you're probably not going to spend very much on him, but he's a name to keep an eye on. You have Akeem Hicks, who has been older. You're paying for definitely the shell of what Akeem Hicks used to be, but he's still a big, lengthy monster space eater from that five technique spot that can get some rotational snaps for you. And uh, there's also Sheldon Richardson, who I know that the, I think the Vikings even traded for Sheldon Richardson from the Jets uh, when George Payton was there. He had a few really good seasons with the Jets. Obviously, you're talking about guys who well past their prime, but that's the reason that they're still out there. And maybe you could bring them in for a one-year contract sort of thing and help uh, solidify that defensive line. Absolutely. Um, just checking on some things in the chat here real quick. Um, Lawrence came in with a question before we change subjects here. Um, not quite. The question's a little confusing. Um so what changes defensively that Russ has to read when he comes into a different offensive scheme? Um, there will probably be more RPO that he'll have to read uh, a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more uh, play action with that RPO. Uh, but otherwise, you know, Nathaniel Hackett is going to build the offense around Russell Wilson's strengths. So mm-hmm. what has to change on the other side of the ball that's going to have to change now that you got Russell Wilson, a quarterback. That's the bigger question. Less stacked boxes, that's for sure. The running lane should open up a lot better. Javante Williams should feast. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the stars, Lawrence. Yeah, the big thing with, uh, and this was a quote from Nate Tice, who uh, works at The Athletic, former Wisconsin Badger player, son of Mike Tice, uh, who coaches the I know the Vikings. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nate Tice. Um, funny guy. He has a big fluffy cat he likes to post on Twitter, so shout out to Nate Tice. Uh, um, stealing Bo Polini's, you know, with the, uh, that was the faux Polini thing. That was maybe yeah. the best the first, the original of the the Twitter knockoffs was the faux Polini account. That yes. was a good one. That was a good Bo one. Also, just took it and ran with it. Good for him. Yeah. No, he, uh, I enjoyed that they fired him from uh, Nebraska because they haven't been very good since. Um, but I digress on that one. The, where was I going? We were talking about, um, oh, Russell Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. So Russell Wilson, we said, I've said on here multiple times because of his height, uh, you can, I'm guessing it's because of his height, but historically he does not work the middle of the field very well. You look at like the spray charts of Tom Brady um, in New England versus Russell Wilson and their night and day difference for the areas they attack the field. Um, and in the advent of the too high defense, the Broncos are going to have to figure out ways to manufacture touches to get defenses to play more cover three, more cover one, heavier boxes, because I think a lot of teams are going to try to squeeze the outside the boundary looks and the posts and the seams from Russell Wilson. Uh, So how do the Broncos do this? It's not going to be as much, you know, the daggers or the ends or the slants because Russell Wilson doesn't utilize that area of the field over the norm because his height seen over the offensive line, tip balls, et cetera, et cetera. This is where the running game and having good running personnel is going to be extremely valuable. And it's all to create explosive plays outside of that. The NFL right now, it's about getting points, but explosive plays are like the the main thing you're going for Mm -hmm. after points. And teams right now are trying to give that, take that away, playing nickel, playing dime, two high safeties. So there should be space in the middle of the field for your running game to 
force teams to have to change um, what they're doing to roll the safety down post snap to play cover three to create space down the field for Russell Wilson to attack. So this is a big reason that I think Alberto Kuebenam, his stock might be down right now. And same with, I hate to say it because people get really on me for this one, but Jerry Judy, you need your people in 11 personnel to be good blockers for the run game. So that way the defense has to respect it. So that way they're not playing dime when you're in 11 personnel. They're not treating you like you're playing 10. Um, so you need your tight end to block and you need your slot to be able to dick out that backside safety and you need your running game to be a, a threat. Um, it's one reason I, and I totally, I missed the boat on this early on, um, you know, five, six years ago. I'm like, Oh, Derek Henry's not super duper valuable because he doesn't contribute to the pass game. Wrong freaking idiot, Nick, stupid. I'd slap myself now if I heard that f- coming from somebody. So Derek Henry really impacts the pass game because you're not playing too high safety shells against him. You're playing loaded boxes, and by God, are the defensive players biting on play action every single time. Why do you think Ryan Tannehill has the massive efficiency numbers? It's not because he's a top-five quarterback. It's because defenses have to play you a certain way when you have Derrick Henry back there. So that's something you're going to have to try to replicate. and not You can't replicate Derrick Henry, but try to get defenses to respect the run game enough where you are opening up things down the field for your quarterback to attack those areas that he's best at. It's balance. You know, they, they can feed off each other. If you're, if you're one dimensional, you're a lot easier to stop. Um, unless you're so good at that one dimension that they can't stop you. And then the other one opens up too. So again, but it's, it's balance. A balance offense is a good thing. Um, kind of want to stay along the offensive line. Let's hit, let's hit edge. I mean, the defensive line, stay along the line of scrimmage. Let's go edge real quick. Absolutely. Uh, Randy Gregory coming as a, I'd say a big ticket free agent, but not really not for Mm -hmm. what you're paying him. It's more like a mid-level free agent. Um, but with 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 big ticket upside is the thing about Randy Gregory. Um, Bradley Chubb on a contract here. Then you got Malik Willis, you got Jonathan Cooper. So uh for me, Edge is looking pretty good. Yeah. But risky. Yeah. Edge is if we were doing this, and I think I like to think about a lot of these positions as like floor ceiling discussions right now. Mm-hmm. I'd give the edge probably a B right now on paper but it is a very hollow B sitting. It's like having a B when your final is 50% of your grade. It's a B before the final. It's like, okay, well, congrats on you for doing the work to get a B so far, but like your grade could easily turn into an F just yeah. like that. You, um, you so it's got the biggest variance in, yep. in, in grade where that, like you said, the, the, the floor ceiling has the, the, the biggest variance between the two. It could fall out of the bottom or it could be really, really good. Yep. Exactly. And Michael high Ronquillo. Risk, high reward on this one. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in. But obviously, um, you are dependent. Your best two players are the positions that uh, you have two guys coming off injuries that you probably haven't played many snaps. And it's a rotational position. I get that. But how how much can you actually depend on Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory? You know, that's the bottom line. And then after that, and a lot of people look at the <clears> sacks of uh, Malik Reed, they look at the couple of really good games from Jonathan Cooper, but you're talking about two guys who had a lot of snaps last year for probably the second worst pass rushing team in football in 2021. Just, I mean, that's what the data says. It's either them they're, or the Falcons. They're subpar NFL players right now. They At are best average, but I would say a little bit below average NFL guys right yeah. now, which is fine for your backups. And I mean, yeah. starters, not compared to the entire NFL. I mean, I mean, as starters, they'd be just a little bit below average. Yeah, which I think is is fine for. Um, I'm seeing red. I'm seeing red. I gotta go red. If I see red, I gotta go red. So, um, Ethan coming in. I know he's he's pretty harsh on uh, on on the uh, on the edge position. 
Um, it says Edge is a B minus. Better to draft or sign a free agent to improve. Now, I'm I like to. Funny, I'm certainly not an optimist, but I I like to think that the with four pretty good two with a ama- really good potential, two with Pro Bowl caliber potential, and two average guys. You've got decent depth there. You've got it's it's better than a B minus to me. Um, it's risky. It again, the, the floor could drop out of this thing. Um, but I would again, we were asked earlier, you know, Boye Mafe or Perry on Winfrey Mafe. If another edge is there, or I've got the chance to go get one, uh, I would take one. It's a very deep edge class. We take Josh Pascal all the time mm-hmm. in this draft with uh, with a 64 or a little bit later spot. So, uh, Ethan. Appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed the match yesterday. Again, I don't know how deep a Chelsea fan you are, but for the neutral, it was a hell of a game. And uh, appreciate your support, uh, as always. But I would not mind, depending on who was there, it's right tackle or edge. There should be somebody at that spot that you can take with your first pick. Yeah. No, definitely. That's a good call. I mean, if Boye Mafe or Arnold Ebiketti fall to like 50-55, I am calling a trade up. Because I think there's a drop off after that tier, and the, both of those guys would help you a lot. And it's also the Broncos don't have a first round pick next year; they don't have a first or second round pick next year. And Bradley Chubb might be franchise tagged, or might get an extension. He might walk. Um, but I think Arnold Abiketti and Boyamafe in many drafts would have been a back end first round talent. And maybe in this one they get pushed down a little bit. We'll see. Um, we'll see. But those are two guys that would help really raise the floor of the room and they give you it's it's not just about 2022 with those two guys it's about 2022 and beyond uh so adding talent pass rush talent at a rotational position at the in my opinion the second most important spot on a football team the pass rusher so um i give them a b right now and it's just again i get pretty darn concerned about the the depth of the position the quality of the depth of position and i don't need to beat a dead horse but i am just i am not a fan of Malik Reed. He is, I still get, do you ever see the movie, the blind side talking movies earlier? I, I lived it. I was covering, yeah. uh, I was covering, um, was it Briarwood Christian or wherever he was in Memphis at the time. So I, I covered Michael Orr. Um, my story on him real quick. <clears throat> he had a teammate, Michael Orr didn't have, uh, and this was before the days of huddle. This was before the days of YouTube for God's sakes. And you're you, half the time you're spent, you're trying to get film on guys. He had a teammate on the offensive line. Uh, it was a center, a guard, or whatever that sent me his highlight tape. <clears throat> I cut it up and put it on Michael Orr's profile. <laughs> I didn't even cut it up. I just sliced it and said, this is Michael Orr's highlight film. Because any play that this guy was in, Michael Orr was killing somebody. I mean, so I it, it, I didn't need to. It's not like he was circle swiped or anything. I'm like, it's just watch this tackle. This is Michael Orr's highlight film. And it wasn't. It wasn't his highlight film. It just happened to be this other guy. That's how good Michael Orr was coming out of high school. Yeah, no, he's uh, well, anyway, that's what I see when I watch Malik Reed, um, that scene where he runs him to the sideline, that Eagles game, Lane Johnson, it looked like dirty dancing at the end scene where he lifts up the girl and like spins her around like terrible edge setting shouldn't see the field except on obvious third down rushes. Um, well, here's, here's a question, Nick. How much difference is the edge position this year than last year? Entering last year? Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, not, I guess it's a little bit better um, because you know, uh, Jonathan Cooper is, but, let's, but we know, okay. But with, with hindsight, yeah. we know that Jonathan Cooper was going to be a serviceable guy. So we got mm-hmm. Jonathan Cooper, Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb and, and uh, Vince Vaughn, um, Vaughn Miller. 
got movies on the mind. And Von Miller, that's how we're going in. Mm-hmm. And let's say we know that going in, we're thinking, okay, we don't know we got a Jonathan Cooper. But it's very similar mm-hmm. than it, that it was last year. And it went bust. I mean, it, yep. it went not bust is a strong word. But it yeah, popped. I, I, I wanted popped. to go B plus on this. But I think B with the potential A to F, again, I, I think that was a good analogy you used talking about the, uh, you know, the, the we're, we're okay going into the final, but the final is our grade. Um, yeah. So that one's a little tougher. That's a, that's a good call. It's a, it's a tough one. Um, and that's the, probably the most, it's either them or the defensive backs, the most important. And I just do not trust the depth as quality starters. Malik Reed is your fifth edge rusher coming in on third and long and some special looks fine. Uh, Jonathan Cooper is your fourth guy. Fine. But are you trusting Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory all season? I don't know. This is a big reason I've been a proponent of tossing some money at Jadavian Clowney. Cause Hey, you don't have a body type like him, a power edge like he is that can come in and line up, uh, stand up there over the a gap. Types like him. Yeah, that's true. But the, mm-hmm. That specific type of the power. He was, I've told you before, when we were doing, how do we do our grades for grading one to a hundred as we were about to implement those at scout. Jadavian Clowney was a 100. He was our benchmark for defensive end. This is, he's a 100. This is everything you're looking for. Yep. Power player. And I think that good defensive coordinators, the kind of we saw with Jason Oa last year, excuse me, Odafe Oa, not the most bendy guy in the world, but guess what? If you can simulate pressure and create some one-on-ones for him with how explosive he is and with his power and size, he can get pressures. He led all uh, edge rushers last year with pressures. I think even more so than uh, Micah Parsons. Granted, Parsons' efficiency was insane because he (laughs) wasn't rushing the passer every time. But still, Um, Dom coming in. Good morning, boys. Since the Broncos are going to run diamond nickel, which defensive lineman do you think will come out with the most sacks? Great podcast for the morning. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much, Dom. If we're including the edge rushers, I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb. Uh, Bradley Chubb is playing for A. He's as healthy as he's been in a while, says George Payton. He's not the guy with the rotator cuff injury um, or whatever, the arthroscopic shoulder uh, surgery that Randy Gregory had. And also, this is a contract year for Bradley Chubb. This is the time where you'd expect him to have a good output. I think he's going to have a good season this year. It's going to put the Broncos in a really interesting position next offseason. So I'm going to go with Chubb on that one. We'll see, though. I was going Randy Gregory, and if we're sticking with just pure defensive linemen, then it's going to be Draymond this year. Yeah. Um, It's going to be Draymond this year. Um, As we transition out of of the defensive line, I want to hit safety. Uh, This this one came in a while ago, but I wanted to try and time it up with, uh, with a transition here. Yeah. Peter says uh, safety could be a huge weakness with just one injury. Sure. We could say the same about the quarterback position. So could everybody though, the quarterback position for the most part, Uh, but more safeties are needed. I say, bring back Kareem Jackson and a draft pick. Um, What say you, Uh, the, the, the Tyron Matthew might be a little too expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, so Kareem Jackson's out there probably wouldn't be all that expensive. Yeah. I really do like the, idea of bringing cream Jackson back for, you know, $2 million for one year or something like that, just to add to the room, add some veteran leadership, add some dog to the group too. Um, but right now I'd give this Broncos safety room probably a B minus just because Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson and PJ Locker is so unknown. It's Justin Simmons holding that up himself. You know, it's Atlas with a globe on his back. Um, so Justin Simmons, great defense. I mean, God bless him. Cause he, really came into the NFL at the right time with this two high safety looks where you don't have the dichotomized free safety versus strong safety looks. Justin Simmons, who can do a little bit of both and roll down or play the slot, play the box. He's perfect uh, for today's defensive schemes. So really uh, happy about him, but opposite him, 
Caden Stearns, really good athlete, looked okay in small sample size last year, but I thought the more reps he had, the more the more exposed he got, the more concerning his tape looked. And Jamar Johnson did not look like a great athlete, did not look very physical coming down and tackling, did not look like a the run game especially. I mean, you need your oh defensive backs God, to tackle. One of your draft picks didn't look like a star right of the way. That's a fifth-round pick. Yeah, but right now the Broncos are set up to give him a lot of snaps, and I know. that concerns me greatly. I, I it, the Broncos should be looking at Jamar Johnson right now, and fans should be looking at Jamar Johnson right now, like we should have looked at Justin Stranod a year ago. I remember. Do you remember all the conversations? Justin Stranod's going to take Josie Jewel's spot. He's going to be a starter. I can't wait to see him. He's our coverage linebacker. We've been waiting for. Blah blah blah. He looks like he's terrible. Terrible. May I probably shouldn't even make the team this year. God awful. That Cleveland game will haunt me for a long time. Not as bad as Curtis Robinson next to him, but bad um so that's kind of where like you cannot depend on jamar johnson for anything in my book you, this season you know who my guy is for this in the later rounds is jt woods out of baylor yeah uh yeah. you know you talk about traits i can turn him into a, a a special teams demon on kick coverage on uh on kick return on uh extra point block you know, uh, pass block or a punt block, all those things. At the very least, he's a freak of an athlete, and I loved him in coverage at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So I would, uh, I, I grab him. I grab JT Woods all the time in the in the sixth when I'm doing my mocks. I have a hard time believing he's going to last that long. Um, as we move on to linebackers, <clears throat> Travis comes in with some stars, talking about Denver having some interest in Chad Muma, along with a couple of cornerbacks. Um, Good transition. Again, Defensive back is a sneaky need. You're you're looking for depth. And again, you know, quarterback goes down. Most teams are in trouble if their quarterback go down. But where can you almost expect a few injuries? Well, everywhere else. So where could you need some where do you need some depth? Um, do you have your linebacker? Is it set? You know, Josie Jewell, um, Singleton, Baron Browning's still available there. Where's uh are you set at are you set at linebacker? The Broncos could add the Broncos could either go into the season with what they have or they could move on uh, and draft a guy early. Um, it really depends on how the board falls. This is a really good linebacker class. And Ethan and I disagree on the linebackers. He's a little bit uh, more old school with the value of the linebacker than I am. He gives the F's. We'd like <clears throat> to see Peyton draft two linebackers. I think that if you can find an obvious like Fred Warner, Darius Leonard uh, type, you know, the all around cerebral, intelligent coverage guy, then that would be fine. Um, a lot of those linebackers drafted in the first round and early have gotten most of their value from their pass rush. It's the athleticism where I'm gonna the leave overall that up guys. There I got to comment on that too. Okay. Well, I I'm going to give them a, uh, a C plus. I am much higher on Josie jewel than um, most people because he is a solid, a very solid player and he's never going to, I'd rather have my linebacker. It's like hitting for average. You know, I'd rather have my linebacker be a guy who constantly gets on base, the Ichiro Suzuki's of the world, you know, based on balls, walks, doubles, rather than the William Opeñas, where they're hitting 500 feet home runs, 500 foot home runs, but they strike out every other at bat as well. I'd want the consistency from the linebacker. That's a backbone position of the defense. If they're out of position, the integrity of your zone match coverage falls apart. So I'd rather have that than the explosive side on the sideline who is a dog chasing cars every other snap. So I'm going to give him a C. I think it's an okay room. Jonas Griffin. I'm a, I'm a C on this. Well. I'm a C on this one too, but not just because the devalue position that defeats the purpose of of grading it. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give him a C because I really like Jonas Griffith. I really do. I think that's one of the reasons you're talking about possibly cross training Baron Browning. They want. We just went through what is scary about the edge position. Well, they're not reliable. Okay. Well, let's. Do we have any internal fixes at depth for that where we can do some things? So Baron Browning, 
and I don't want to hear move to edge because it hasn't happened. It's been talked about getting some snaps in the off season at edge, uh, which is smart, but I'm a big fan of Jonas Griffith, but uh, Ethan, I think is closer to my age than yours. Uh, there's, I don't want to insult him and make him sound that old. Um, and we grew up in the days where the linebacker was a glamor position, you know, Lawrence, at least I did, you know, Lawrence Taylor, mm. Mike Singletary, uh, Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills, those boys that they, that they had with the, uh, with the New Orleans saints. Um, so we still, we, I still glamorize the position a little bit and you still know what a wrecking ball, what a force, a good linebacker can be. If you've got one, um, if Troy Anderson is there at 64, I'd snatch him up in a heartbeat and feel good about it. I really would. Mm -hmm. I, I think he can help here. Now, if it's Troy Anderson, Abraham Lucas, I'd, I'd go Lucas still, because I think he's a good player that fits a need a lot better. But um, I think you could definitely improve the linebacker spot. I'm going to see here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see here. But I don't want to say just draft two linebackers just to draft them. Um, make sure they're the right guys. And I don't know how many of those guys are out there that would beat out Jonas Griffith, Baron Browning, Josie Jewell. And if they're not going to beat them out, I don't need them. I don't, I don't need to take those guys. So um, I've got depth. I need somebody better than them. And this is a really, I mean, you guys heard me talking about it before free agency happened when we were talking about the linebacker spot. I adore the linebacker group in day two of this draft class. I mean, there is so, there is so much talent here and I tongue in cheek a little bit, but the conversation changes with linebacker and running back. Now that the Broncos aren't picking first round, now that they're not picking in the top 50. So at pick 64, if a linebacker is the best position available, that's where you should be taking your linebackers. That's the, and running backs. That's the spot. So um, just going to roll through, through some names here. Cause definitely some guys that would interest me day two, even though the position isn't great. And we talked about, I think yesterday or two days ago, which positions the Broncos could move on from to create some cap space. Josie Jules is a contract where next season, if he gets hurt again this year, you can save, I think six million or something moving on from him. So that's something to consider as well. Um, but the depth of this class, Christian Harris uh, ran excellent. He's a glass eater coming downhill for Alabama. Chad Muma, probably one of my favorite linebackers. Do you want a coverage guy? I think Chad Muma's the smoothest in his movement and plays like a safety. As far as his movement skills go, I see a lot of, uh, Oh man, he's, he's much better than Logan Wilson too. I really like Chad Muma. Quay Walker might be the first Georgia linebacker taken off the board. He flies around the field. Uh, you got Leo Chanel, who is a six foot two, 260 pound brick bleep house coming downhill. Super strong. If you want to play a true box uh, filter kind of linebacker that you can use in the pass rush situations, Leo Chanel is a monster there. I see a lot of a uh, Dante Hightower kind of usage for him. Channing Tindall is also a really good one. Troy Anderson, you mentioned there. Um, so this is a really good linebacker class. Um, if you wanted to add somebody there, I'd have no issue with it, but it's a devalued position. I'm looking at safety, cornerback, edge, defensive tackle, literally every single spot, preferably um, before I'm attacking the linebacker spot because linebackers are taking off, getting off the field, taking off the field more than ever in the history of the game. Uh, Cleveland, he says Bosa and Mack are listed as linebackers on their depth chart. Um, outside linebacker slash edge. You know, we're talking inside linebackers. The term uh off ball linebacker is starting to really grate on my nerves um, use it all because time. it's redundant a linebacker by definition is someone that backs the line hence two fourth behind the line where the ball is off the ball so saying an off ball linebacker is saying a linebacker backer 
and it, it's 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 insane. So these guys are ed, edge guys, outside linebackers. Um, edge, I like but edge. I like the edge. You know, they're yep. edge guys. Yep. Um, not necessarily the term linebacker is almost now starting to mean to me inside linebacker for yep. the most for the most part. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I think I what did we did we both give the linebackers C's. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair on that. We're at, we 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 bounced around a little bit based on the chat. I wanted to hit Sean real quick. Uh, Sean says one guy watching and me. Um, so Sean is watching on the Huddle Up podcast. Now there's just one watching. So Sean, if you're still here, the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page is, is smaller. So hit the like button. We'd like that page to grow. We've got about 150 in here. It's a smaller, quaint, very good off audience this morning. Um, but uh, the huddle up pod, the, the mile high huddle is where the most of the Facebook chat is. And then the most watchers we have are on YouTube on the mile high huddle YouTube page. But hit that like button, Sean. That's how we can, you, you can grow that page if you like that one. Or if you want a busier one right now, you can jump on over to the mile high huddle Facebook page or the mile high huddle YouTube page. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to change my grade real quick. Uh, the linebackers, I'm going to give them a B minus. I think that Baron Browning is a heck of a player. I'm excited mm-hmm. about Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning last year. I thought looked really good. I think the fact that they want to use him on edge also speaks to how little they want to use linebackers on the field. So how do we get him on the field as an athlete of, because we're not going to be playing linebackers. Oh, I know we'll, we'll rush him at the quarterback. So Greg, I, Greg remembers the the glory days of the linebackers, the Mike yeah. Singletary days. Uh, like, like I said, all of the guys at the Saints, they, they had the four horsemen over there. Lawrence, LT for my money is in the conversation of the greatest football player of all time, regardless of position. So it was it was a different time. And even before that, you know, the the, the Dick Butkuses of the world um, that you hear, they they uh, Jack Lambert. It was a it was a it, it's definitely not the glorified position the way it was. It's more of a seven on seven league now. Yep, it's a passing game, and you honestly, the running the football and the run game is more about making teams respected enough that you can get those explosives in the pass game. Um, so, last position here, I'm going to go back to the linebacker. Like I said, B minus, um, just because I think we're underrating Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith. Josie Jules really solid. Alex Singleton, we'll see about him. Um, but I really like. Uh, I think we're underrating the upside and athleticism and talent of Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith on the whole. So, B minus for them. Now we're at the cornerback last spot here, our last position. I'm going to give the cornerback room a B plus right now. Now it is one that because it's such a valuable position, I wouldn't mind them adding more depth, more talent there because you're going to need a rotation of guys and cornerback. Also, we talked about volatility of the Broncos edge rushing position this season. Edge rusher historically is not a volatile position year to year. Cornerback is cornerback. If you are playing at let's say 95% or 90%, the dip from a form at that level at the cornerback positions more so than if you're dinged up on the interior defensive line or edge or any other position. Cause it's such a position that depends on your quick twitch, your reaction, your fluidity, your athleticism out in space. That's why you don't see a lot of cornerbacks dominate year to year. They have like peak great seasons and then they suffer a small hamstring or a turf toe and they, they fall back to the pack. So that concerns me um, depending on especially Ronald Darby right now. He's had one healthy season, his entire career. Um, he's, a really good number two, uh, really good number two for the Broncos with Patrick Patrick Sertan as the number one. But if he gets hurt, Michael Ojemudia, I mean, he looked okay his rookie season, especially considering I thought he looked even better than Jeffrey Akuda, the number three overall pick from that draft class. But I think you should be looking at that room right now to maybe add more talent to raise the floor of that room, especially so you can stand the onslaught and the berate of 
pass catching weapons that are in the AFC West. So I'm going to give him a B and God, I'm so excited to see what Patrick Sertan can do this year. He is going to be a dude. I'm what his role is going to be. Cannot wait. If they're going to use him like Jalen Ramsey, he's going to be a pure ISO guy on the, the, um, if teams are playing three by ones on that one, the weak side of the field. I don't know. I can't wait to see. I, I think um, I get on you about grading on a curve, you know, don't grade on a curve compared to everybody else. Um, but, you know, looking around the rest of the league, people would die to have the cornerback room that the Denver Broncos have. I mean, there might not be a better cornerback room in the NFL. Hmm. Uh, it's an A for me an going in. And I if you just said Ronald Darby, uh, Kawan Williams, Ojemudia, those are three really good corners right there. Three. Some teams don't have one. Most teams don't have two. That's a B. That's a B. Now you had Pat Sertan. It's an A. They're an A for me. Now, could you use some more depth? Yes. Um, is Ronald Darby going to be healthy? We don't know. Is Michael Ojemudi going to be healthy? We don't know. But those are questions, I think, that are just natural for football. You know, the, the guy's got to stay healthy. That's that's universal. Yeah. So when I look at those four guys, it's an A. It's an A for me, man. Okay, I'll go. I'll give him an A minus, just because I'm, <laughs> I am maybe I'm grading on the curve against it here, but it's also because the way again coming back to your grading rubric here, like linebacker. Let's say for your overall defensive grade, linebacker makes up ten percent, mm-hmm. edge and cornerback. Oh, let's see, even linebacker make up five percent. Let's let's be real, edge and cornerback probably make up. 30% each and then safety oh, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> each like uh, together, like 60% of your overall grade. That seems light. Even let's 65% of your overall grade. Um, so I'm grading on it where these are going to have the highest impact on your overall grade defensively. Cause they are the most valuable positions. So I'll give them an a minus. I would really, and also I don't think we, we need to come back around and really highlight how good of a player and how physical of a player Kwan Williams is from that slot, because he really is one of the best slots in today's NFL. And a lot of teams are starting to use safety body types as a, it's the position is called a star, um, a star linebacker or a star backer. Um, Rovers, where this, bandits. Rover, they, they've got all kinds of names for overhang, et cetera. For that guy. Yeah. Yep. There, but the, the, the position name that I feel like a lot of people are starting to agree on is star. Um, and you see like your Javon curse in that role with the, Cowboys, you see some, um, I guess a lot of times Jalen Ramsey is used as a star where you're, you want better run defense and size and length to combat the F tight end or the big slot, if you will. So those are positions that the Broncos right now don't have on that position. Maybe that's somebody that more can be more of a safety, but um, I agree with you. This is a pretty good linebacker room or safety cornerback room. Mm -hmm. I would like another body in there just to really, Raise the floor of the room. If that's bringing another, back Bryce Callahan, that'd be amazing. Another player is a luxury. It's not yeah. a it's not a necessity at this point. This is a good, good group of cornerbacks. Really yeah. good. Uh, like I said, so that's an A for me. Can it get better? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Everything can get better. Everything can improve. But for me, on the defensive side, this is the best group. Is yep. is the the cornerback room? I I totally agree with you on that one. And I think maybe maybe I'm letting my view of the safety spot denigrate the cornerback grade a little bit just because right now after Kwan Williams who in the hell is playing slot there's nobody on this team that plays that role there's a there's an obvious need for a versatile safety that can come in and play the box play slot play too high um this draft has a bunch of options that can do that stuff and I consider that I mean it's a cornerback safety linebacker hybrid type of position so that that's a position right now that I don't see very highly I mean 
right now who's who's lining up against Travis Kelsey or Martez Martez Valdez Scantling in the slot or Darren Waller in the slot because Quan Williams versus the Hunter Renfro's in the slot that's fine Mikael Hardman in the slot that's fine but against the tight end bodies are you moving Patrick Sertan there and then weakening your outside I don't know uh that's that's a question to uh to ponder on so I I'm definitely fine with that so let's run through it real quick the grades um, and then we can close out the chat and see everybody. So I think we gave the edge rushers a B, mm-hmm. B, um, the B to B plus. Yep. For me, the Which, uh, but that one's that, that, that one's got the highest variable, the, the, the highest risk for me is it volatile. Edge. It's volatile. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I think we gave the interior defensive line a solid B as well. Maybe a little bit lower on the, the like a 84%, you know, a B, B minus um, safeties. I think we gave a, a B minus as well. Cause we don't know about the other safety spots linebacker. I think I gave them a B a B minus and then cornerbacks. I'll, I'll roll and I'll give him an a minus. He'll give him an a, we'll call it an a just for the fun of it. But that's overall, it's a pretty solid defense might be the best defense in the AFC West. I know everybody really wants the Broncos to get after it with the offense. Cause the offensive football has been so bad this year, but you have some incredible offenses in the AFC West. The difference between who comes out on top might be the team who has the best uh, overall defense. So and definitely where are we in, consider. in the salary cap right now for the Denver Broncos. I think they have like 16 million. So there's still room there, depending on salary cap casualties coming out of the draft and coming out of OTAs and going into going into the year. Uh, the draft isn't good gracious, dude. Um, that's a, that's the that's the hat trick. He's coming yeah. in. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and give you the bonus and call it the golden sombrero. Uh, three times coming in, Ethan. Corners A minus. Uh, Sertan is an A plus plus. Good show, gents. And Broncos country. Broncos for breakfast. Mile high huddle. The closer closing us out. Uh, Michaela had um, jumped into the number one spot last night, and I when I said that last night, I prefaced it by saying last night because I knew it was gonna be close. And the Broncos for breakfast show. Ethan is well into the number one spot on the YouTube rankings again. Um, holding down, holding down as, as number one, number one on the rankings, number one in our hearts. Um, but yeah, again, how many, how many teams have a better number one than Ronald Darby? Half, maybe half the teams, you know? Yeah, so, man. you know, so he's a number one and he's a great number two. And then, you know, you've got Sertan who was really good last year, despite what pro, pro football focus might have you think. And he's shouldn't get worse, you know, again. So I think, I think the corners are a, a really good strength of this team. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm a solid A on that one. And uh, I'm not going to argue with an A minus for sure. Yeah. Good room. Good room. Maybe something you want to attack more, but uh, we'll see. Well, guys, we got to get on out of here. Um, we appreciate you. Big E coming in. Good morning to you. Mm-hmm. Um, D Porter. Do you guys think Baron Brown has a chance to start at outside linebacker? If injuries happen, maybe. Um, he's a great athlete. He's got good length. I thought he looked pretty good there at the reps of the senior bowl two years ago. Um, but I think the hybrid ability, if he has the mental acumen to handle all those different responsibilities and it's possible, um, Robert Otteson coming in here saying Robert's coming in on one of the smaller Facebook channels. So, uh, holding down the fort over there. Appreciate it. He might be on the, uh, the huddle up podcast channel. So Sean, there's another one for you. So yep. uh, on that one, so uh, says hi from Nevada. I think we need to go after some more offensive linemen in the draft with all the injuries we've had on the offensive line. Depth is important. Need a right tackle. Need another interior lineman for depth and competition. I agree with you, Robert. Yeah, it's I feel really good about the Broncos offensive line depth right now. Um, biggest question is 
the Broncos are and we didn't talk about this, but we can maybe talk about it next week, but they brought in a bleep ton of day two interior offensive linemen, uh, center specifically. So I know that uh, every time I mention, Hey, Lloyd Cushenberry might not be a good scheme fit. He's hasn't been very good. Well, he's down there snapping the ball to Russell Wilson. Duh. He knows who's going to butter his bread if he's going to stay on this team. But I think the Broncos are shopping Lloyd Cushenberry right now for some 2023 day three draft picks. And I would be perfectly content bringing in a Cam Jurgens, a Cole Strange, a Zach Tom, a Dylan Parham uh, to be the center this year. Moon. Like uh, good, good players. Um, mm-hmm. There's Donovan West. There's some good interior offensive lineman center prospects in this class. So, um, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry on notice, no doubt, but um, right tackle long-term, that's the position that uh, you're probably looking for the most, most glaring red light. Um, but we'll see. That's probably the outside of round one offensive tackles. The day two offensive tackles is a graveyard. It's not typically very good. If you look back the last 10, 15 years. So who knows? It's a little bit scary, but uh, we get your guards. That's where, yep, exactly. Offensive mm-hmm. tackle, edge rusher, typically around one position. The body t- it's just, it's just, probability the the guys with the tackle bar bodies are harder to find i mean six foot three 300 pound guys as crazy as it sounds they're a dime a dozen mm-hmm. they're they're all over the place yep. it's like finding six foot wide receivers they're everywhere yep. uh finding six three six four wide receivers well the basketball guys should be coming over here too a little too short for basketball come get some football money uh God. real quick because i saw luke ask this twice uh have you thought about doing a soccer watch party on youtube i've thought about it i just wasn't sure if i would have the um, the pull or the time to do it consistently. So for me, it would be Chelsea, but maybe we do something around that on the world cup when the U S is playing, uh, that would be, uh, you know, may at least three matches. So maybe we do something like that around the world cup where I can definitely be available for three matches. Uh, hopefully at least four, uh, we'll see, but, um, uh, it is something I have thought about. I just wasn't sure if it would, um, be worth my time. Honestly, I'd l- I'd have fun doing it, but I-, I didn't know if I could do it consistently enough to make it, uh, you know, financially worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, never know until you try, right? That's uh, that's when we do these mm-hmm. things. It was kind of, oh, we'll see if the morning shows take off. Here we are it's the year later. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we got to get on out of here. I got to get into work. So we appreciate you. Make sure you guys follow Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, if you're one of our people joining us on the, the smaller group there on Facebook, make sure you're, clicking in there or if you're on youtube right now make sure you subscribe to us joining our page at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle as well as our page at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod if you haven't done so yet please go to itunes find the huddle up podcast scroll down leave us a five-star rating and review say nick talks way too fast getting out of here i don't know what's going on i feel like uh (laughs) coffee's just hitting my veins just listening to him so either way uh give us a comment find find us on itunes and please 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 subscribe like and share to our channel on youtube mile high huddle uh, we have shows with a bunch of different voices, definitely no echo chamber chambers going on here, different opinions, different uh, knowledge bases, and just different flavors of show. If you don't like, uh, if you think I am just a blithering idiot, you know, wouldn't be the fir- first person to think that, but um, you can find other shows, the huddle up shows at night on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, you can find the Dove Valley deep divers on Friday. You can find building the Broncos Tuesday and mile high insiders on Saturday. And then Scott and I, in the mornings for you guys, because God knows uh, that's what you need in the morning is some football just being tossed at you. So Nick shifting into third gear. I've, I've been in third gear. Um, we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Is it, have the storms passed? 
I need to figure out taxes and stuff, so that might be the rest of my day. I got to do a couple cut-ups for uh, for the channel, so keep an eye on Mile High Huddle uh, YouTube page. I've got a couple cut-ups from highlights from last night's show that I will post, um, and then I got to get my tax stuff together because, you know, it's almost that time. Yeah, absolutely. Fonsloth coming in late. Uh, we're getting out of here, Fonsloth. Sorry you just got off, but um, make sure you go back and listen. Also, Eddie coming in. Yo, what's up, Nick and Scott? Let's go Broncos. Who's still available in free agency we need before the draft? Um, I don't think you're going to see any big moves for the Broncos before the draft. It's going to be more assessing how the roster looks post-draft and then bringing in a few guys. There's also the camp casualties that often you can get a lot of value on as well. Um, Clee saying, Nick, do you wake up at 4 a.m. every day? Nope, I wake up at 5.45 and uh, make my coffee, get my dog outside, do a little bit of stretching, breathing exercises. No, it's... And since we opened with movie talk, we're going to finish with movie talk. Jeremy says, Ethan, what do you think about Green Street Hooligans as a movie recommendation? Um, a little over the top, but a good watch. It, it was a fun watch for sure. Uh, West Ham forever, right? And forever flo- blowing bubbles. <laughs> Nick's seen it then. I know it. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. You have a good one. Appreciate you. Uh, we will see you again. Scott and I will see you again on Monday morning. And make sure you guys are tuning in tonight for an episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Enjoy the weekend. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.